Hello and welcome to the Edge of the Box Football Podcast, the show where we aim to challenge football convention with thought-provoking and outside-of-the-box points of view. Today we're discussing the Euros and the idea that Gareth Southgate's England actually had quite a bad tournament. I mean, not to be too negative, but was this like the World Cup three years ago, just another case of losing to the first decent team we faced? We'll also be talking penalties, whether Raheem Sterling dived in the semi-final against Denmark, and what the future holds for what's quite possibly England's strongest ever squad in terms of depth. I'm your host, Harry Brent. So, you guys, unfortunately, uh, bore witness to the fact that Marcus Rashford, Jaden Sancho and Bakayo Saka have joined a very exclusive club um, of being uh, in a group of uh, England players to miss penalties at a major tournament. My question to you is, can you name... So, there's been... We've had 10 shootouts in major tournaments. Um, three wins, seven defeats, which is not a good record, given that one of them was in the Nations League. So I don't even know if you can count that particularly. Um, 16 players have missed penalties for England in international tournaments. Um, Since when, sorry? In history. Okay. Uh, can you name... How many of them can you can you name? So obviously, Rashford, Saka, Sancho, we've already got. Southgate. Southgate, yeah. Um. So there's one that missed it in the Nations League against uh, Switzerland, I imagine. Actually, there isn't. So we we scored every pen in that one. So yeah, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of when we played uh, Colombia. So yeah, we played. We played. We one Colombia. One, 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 one person missed in that in the Colombia game. Was it Harry Kane? The 18 World Cup. No, Kane scored. Oh, oh Henderson. Yes. Yes. Henderson. So pleased. And then the next one where people missed, I might as well do, make it slightly easier, is um, Euro 2012 quarterfinals against Italy again. That was one where Perlo did the Penenka. Oh, he's like, yeah, I'll show you how to do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, they both had the same first name, the, these two players who missed. Was it, Ashley, it was Ashley Cole and Ashley Young, was it? Yeah, yeah, those two, ah. Ashley Cole and Ashley Young. So next, 2006 quarterfinals, <laughs> Portugal. Against Portugal, oh, Oh, I remember watching this. Portugal won 3-1. So three England players missed and only Owen Hargreaves scored. Oh, I remember this is England's bit like England's, you know, good team with a lot of good penalty takers in it. Was Rooney in there? Yeah, but Rooney well, got sent off. Sent off. Yeah. yeah. Right. So if we're looking at that team, right, who are you, you going to have as your penalty takers? Because you're going to have uh, Beckham in there, weren't they? Uh, Beckham, pl- Beckham played, but I think he'd been subbed off. I just better say, I feel like he got subbed yeah. off. Uh, so Gerard Lampard. Yep, both of them missed. Yeah. So you got one more. Uh, Foe. No, and, and as a little bonus, he he took a pen and scored, but then the ref made him retake it. Oh, for some reason. Who is I can't it? remember. And then he and then he missed the missed the retake. What Crouchy was it? No. Oh. They um, played for the same club as Crouch at that time. Jamie Carragher. Jamie Carragher. Oh, yeah. Randomly yeah. took one. and Yeah, I felt sorry for him because he, he scored his first one. Um, yeah, because uh, he, he did it too quick. So he just stuck it on the spot and smacked it home because he was terrified. Yeah. So he tried and to he, rush it. And, he, yeah, he and then the ref didn't like that he'd taken it so quick. So he made so him take it. Um, 2004, Portugal again. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll speed this up. So Beckham missed one because he, he, well, he skied it. I think this is one he skied. Where he looked down at the ground. Oh yeah! Oh, there was a tuft on there. And then Darius Vassell. I wouldn't. Have, I wouldn't have got that. Ninety-eight against Argentina. Any ideas? Oh, so. 
Paul Ince and David Batty. 96, you've already got Gareth Southgate. Mm -hmm. And then 1990 against Germany, West Germany. Um, I feel like I've watched them recently, so I should know this. Have you seen the Pizza Hut advert that Gareth Southgate did? Where what, he where he, he's got a bag on his head? Yeah, he takes the piss out of the fact that he missed the penalty at night, Euro 96. Yeah. But, but the joke there is that he's sitting with the two lads who missed it at World Cup 99. Yeah, 90. Psycho, if I was to say psycho. What? Oh, Stuart oh, Pierce. Stuart oh, Pierce. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then Chris Waddle skied it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So lots of lots of pens and lots of misses. We just we just can't seem to make it work. So go on. We've 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 not we've not been doing this since the since the years has been on because our podcast day seems to always drop on when in, when England are playing. What was the what was what was the verdict? England got to a final. Like how did it, you know what was what did you guys make of the tournament? What did you make of England? What did you make of like? Italy winning it, everything. I feel like empty inside. Like all this good stuff was in me all of a sudden, now it's gone. Yeah. I don't know what to do. But I thought, uh, obviously, we, we, we came into it very organised and obviously with a mm. game plan for every game. And, and that game plan seems to be don't concede. Make yeah. sure you don't lose this game because you can always nick one. Um, and I feel like we carried that out and did quite well. I think the irony of everything was that the game plan seemed to be go out there, score in the first 15 minutes, and then and then, defend. And then you're in a position to go forward positively. Yeah. yeah? And then the final, we score in the first two minutes. <laughs> it's all right. 80, 80, 89 minutes to, yeah, to hold on to this, yeah. It felt like watching Tottenham, to be honest. <laughs> Like last season's Tottenham, where we go yeah, out there, Mourinho score top. very early, and then just bottle it at the end. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we, we, we were ahead in that game for like 70 minutes. <laughs> yeah. It felt like the Croatia game all over again. Yeah. I, it, yeah, it, I it, was, it was all, in some ways like a carbon copy because, well, not a carbon copy, but in, just in the sense that in both games, as as you say, Ash, that that I think seems to be the sort of game plan: get get a goal and not, you know, then just be pragmatic after that. But at no point after that did I really feel as if we, apart from there's a couple of little scrambles from crosses and stuff, but there's, at no point during the game did I ever feel like, yeah, you know, go on, we we we're, we're seriously opening them up or having chances or anything. Um, it's surprising in a way, given the amount of like not only the amount of talent that England have going forward, but also the amount of depth they have going forward, like being able to bring on Grealish and Foden and Sancho and, you know, Saka and all these players. I, I actually thought it was quite surprising how... It's hard to say this when we got to a final, but how, like, impotent we were going forward. Yeah. I don't know if you guys felt the same, like, just given all that, you know, because Kane, like, in the end, had a good had a good tournament. I mean, not amazing tournament, but he had a good tournament. Obviously, Sterling in patches was brilliant. Um, you know, Saka, Saka, all these players, you think Grealish, you know, they're all, like, positive thinking. But in terms of chances, I think yeah, I think we had, like, 60%, Italy had, like, 63% possession in that final, you know? Yeah. That's mad. Like, we're not, I mean, that, that is Mourinho. That's, that's proper Mourinho football, that. Like um, I say, it was like watching Tottenham last season. That's yeah. how it felt. 
Who, um, in your mind, was England's best player at the tournament? Kyle Walker. <laughs> uh, uh, Josh, do you, do, you, do, you, do you agree? Yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> do you actually? <laughs> yeah, I can't. Oh, like, you know what? After, <clears throat> after many seasons, seasons of not particularly rating him or rating the odd performance here and there, there were so many times where he just got us out of jail. See, okay, he was he was he was playing cover for two centre backs, like for the entire tournament. So everyone's shouting at him like, "Oh!" Like, like I was listening to podcasts during it, and people on there whose job is to watch football matches were saying, "Yeah, he's been dead quiet. There's not been much going down this right hand side of England. It's all on the left." It's like, well, maybe that's the game plan, and maybe yeah. he's playing cover, and that's why Harry Maguire can find himself in a half space like a Mazzala. Because yeah. he has Kyle Walker there to cover him. There's so many times where obviously like they're through on goal and he, he has the pace to just catch them and take the ball off them because he's he's smart enough to do it. So many times we read read the ball perfectly, he just chested it down into Pickford's arms. I think like, I think, I think was fantastic. I think Rice for me was probably one of the the better ones as well. Like the first game between him and Phillips, obviously Phillips stepped up and did that uh, pass towards uh, Sterling, but <laughs> I think, I think Rives was just absolutely incredible in that midfield. Um, his best game of the tournament was against Germany. In fact, he, he got booked in for slightly yeah, eight, eight minutes. minutes for sixty-three minutes. He had to, you know, play the rest of the game on a yellow card when you've got, I mean, Kimmich, I mean, Cruz, and all that lot. You know, world-class oh, players, and you know, he did a fantastic job. And you know, against Italy. He can he, he can break free, put pressure on. Just um, just briefly going back to Walker though, like obviously I I mean I'm I've like Josh like always been quite a critic of him. I think his the biggest strength that he has is his his sort of you know versatility of physical attributes. He's fast, he's quick, and and there were loads of times in the tournament where you see him making a recovery and and all that sort of stuff. He's brilliant at that, and he's always been good at that, but. Often, he's recovering from mistakes he's made positionally, yeah, 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 and he that's... made a lot of them in this tournament. And I, I, like, not not as much as I thought he was going to. So I think I think actually on the, on balance, I think he had a he had a decent tournament by his standards. But like, this is always my like. Do you remember when we were picking our right backs um, a few uh, yeah. weeks ago? And I was saying like he'll he'll go with Walker because he trusts him. But like, as much as much as you get all these like you know as you said like I remember against Germany like Timo Werner running through on goal there's only one England player who was catching him and it was Walker and thank God he was on the pitch for he did it easily I mean even do you remember the Thomas Muller chance yeah yeah put him off as well he literally got back there put him off he nearly caught him like Thomas Muller had like five ten yards on him yeah but again, like uh, so there was just I'd say maybe like a handful a handful of times in each game. Maybe I'm maybe I'm being picky because I know I know just notice it more with Walker, but there was just often he'd just lose the ball in silly positions or he'd be out of position. And you know, he he this is this is what he's always been the king of doing. He'll make a recovery which will get everyone going, wow, brilliant, clap, clap, clap. When in reality, his recovery is born from the fact that he's not been in the right position in the first place. But what well, is that the case in this be... instance? Because I, I don't think it is. Well, in in certain, I mean, it's it, it, it still was, happened, but just not as obvious. I feel like because he's quite, I, he's, quite yeah. like he's, he's recovering because the centre backs have pushed up more and been given the role that where they can push up more. No, so he's yeah. his his role is to recover for them. 
and yeah, to no, cover them. I, I don't think he's recovering from necessarily his own poor position. I think that's what he's being told to do. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that in one sense, but um, I feel like he's not got that um, like presence of going forward as much as he has with City. I think Southgate's quite strict with him as to where he needs to be on the field so he wasn't making them mistakes as often as he would um, if he was at City. So I think that's probably why he's played a lot more reserved and mm. he's been more cautious. Basically, like Southgate's probably gone into his ear, like you've got to mop up basically because you've got the pace. Cannot be yourself. <laughs> but did, did you guys not think? Because I mean, my player at the ain't best England player was Luke Shaw. I thought he was like yeah, yeah. Sure. No, there's a there's a, a I think he might have been slightly overrated because he got two assists again. I think he was lazy tracking back, 100%. He, he lazily gave the free kick away that Denmark scored from, don't forget. Um, yeah, I, I just feel like he's lazy tracking back. Maybe, again, maybe that's what he's been told to do because obviously he's been given free reign to get higher up the pitch. You don't necessarily want him what, just bombing up and down the pitch all day because he'll get knackered. Mm. But, yeah, maybe, maybe you know he's giving the ball away and he's out of position. I want I, I want my left back sprinting back to get the ball. You know what I mean? Maybe there was a, some sort of tactical decision there to let Shaw go on a bit further and and keep Carl Walker back, as you said, Roe, because maybe Southgate's just said I got to put a leash on Walker, otherwise he's just going to piss off. Yeah. And then Ash, maybe that explains why Shaw's a bit more you know tired tracking back and stuff. Yeah, I, I, th- I think as well one of the good things about having that double pivot, like a more defensive double pivot like that, is that that they are in the position to kind of come over a bit, you know what I mean? Yeah. And kind of cover for that. But, I mean, it's, it, it just, it seemed like there was a lot of lazy defending from him. Mm. Also, offensively, it was fantastic. Like, can't, can't fault it. Got, what, three, four assists? Mm. A goal in the final? Yeah, no, I think, apart from fastest, possibly... Fastest the, goal in the European final. Fastest goal in the European final. But the, the other reason, I sorry, the... the um, Apart from another guy I was going to mention is with Harry Maguire. I was going to say, sure, I feel like he's the only one that, that like I think had a kind of consistent level of like. I mean, again, like actually, if you if you disagree, that maybe so, but like, like Sterling had Sterling in patches was brilliant, but in other patches was really not great and really quiet and and stuff. And um and like like Harry Kane had a lopsided sided tournament started. Oh well, he didn't have a poor start. He just didn't score. Um, Do you think he did that on purpose? What chose not to score? Well, he chose not to exert himself too much in the earlier games. Because uh, I mean, as soon as we as soon as we got to the knockout stage, he's banging them in. I mean, I mean, no, I mean, I think if you're a striker, you just want to score in every game. I, I doubt he's thinking. I mean, he may have benefited from that. Like, got to stay fit. You know what I mean? Yeah, like after the Ukraine goals, he was um, up for it. Oh, sorry, the Germany goal, he was up for it. Um, but yeah, I mean, strikers want to score in every game, I, I bet. So, um, but yeah, fanboying, like, yeah, because it, like, it looks like he's staying. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we had like, Guardiola said, "City, city, we don't have any money. We can't afford it. Uh, we're running out of oil. It's so uh, hard to be Man City." Tech. Tottenham's Tottenham's going to keep Kane and Chelsea going to get Haaland and you're going to be stuck with Jesus. I, I saw a thing that they'd signed Haaland over there. I don't know if I was half asleep. Uh, I think Haaland. he was a I think it was a, a, a viral thing from a just an account that 
calls themselves Chelsea FC or something. It, well, yeah, so I did I did see this. Yeah, yeah, it was a it, thing. I, but it, it was like five this. in the morning. I woke up, checked my phone. So there's a thing on Twitter. Chelsea have agreed deal to sign Owen Holland. Yeah. And then I couldn't find any note of it since then. I'm like, what? I think the other, two, the other two clubs that can afford him are City and Chelsea, but and PSG. Well, yeah, but PSG yeah, they're spending not gonna, their money. They're not gonna, you know, they're not spending that money on on him when he's got Neymar and Mbappe to keep hold of. Um, yeah, he's not going anywhere, Harlan. Not when he's I mean, agents demanding 40, 40 million. Well, from what I've read, that obviously, because I think, first of all, Chelsea have a bad relationship with Rayola over the Lukaku deal, because I think it was literally all agreed that Lukaku was going to come to Chelsea when, and then, and then he did a little shady thing, got, yeah, I guess 20 mil or something from Man United and switched it. So I think there's some bad blood there. But from what I hear, there's a, there was a stopgap in the fact that he wants a get out clause to be inserted. Because from what this is just from what I read, like as you say, I think the only the only two clubs that seem to be in the running are, are, are City and Chelsea. But yeah. it, from what it sounds like, the only club willing to spend 150 million, which is what it looks like it's going to cost, is Chelsea. So I think it just depends on whether a Haaland wants to go to Chelsea because he might be like, I, you know, I'll go to Madrid or City or Barcelona or something. You've just won the Champions League. I know, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I, yeah. Look, he, he, there's no reason why I wouldn't want to come to Chelsea, but but he may just have his heart set on Madrid or something. Mm. Um, or it's that Dortmund, given now that they've got Sancho fee because Sancho's gone to United, um, they may just go. Well, we don't need the money now. Yes, we'll 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 only get half the, half the price for him next summer because I think his release clause is what seventy million or so. Next so that so they'll get half the question, but that's still a lot of money, and they might just go sod it. Like with a season more, you know, keeping Haaland is thirty goals, so you might as well. I think that would, that would be the only thing, and then obviously next year, all like Haaland's options will become more available. He'll probably be able to get more money because of that as well. So, I think it'll be good for him to stay there for one more season because as brilliant as it has has been, has as brilliant as he's he has been, been, yeah. Um, I don't know. I think maybe. With the situation with Dortmund being a bit financially unstable, and uh, they have a new manager, it'd be it'd be good to see him still perform or see if he can still perform um, yeah. for one more season without the uh, you know the backing of Sancho and under a new manager. Yeah, because he's still twenty, and and like obviously it's even I'm starting to because you guys know I was a bit skeptical about whether he actually was and I still am to to an extent but like you sort of remember like oh actually he's still 20 it's not like he's kind of yeah he's 24 and he's been doing it for like literally been like a year and a half of pure like amazing yeah. goals but all it's you know like look at Timo Werner not not that he was the same caliber of course but like all it takes is a is a bad spell and, and your confidence mm-hmm. drying up and and blah, blah 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 so yeah yeah I'm not one of these that rates him all the way highly either mm. I mean I know People compare him to Mbappe. Well, I think Mbappe is completely clear of him. Well, so th- this is this is what I wanted to wanted to ask. Given given Mbappe's quote torrid Euro twenty twenty thing, like so, there is that because I was seeing I saw lots of stuff online about like oh you know yeah he's not even worth eighty mil like all this reactionary in my opinion bullshit. Like has his stock gone down? Because because in some ways you could argue that it went well. Yeah, yeah, I mean, this is, well, this is this is the Didn't conversation. Did he get two assists in the game, like the last game they played? What the the Swiss the 
Switzerland. Was, was one for Pogba's screamer? I don't know whether. They... Mm. But like, um, you could argue, even though I don't agree with all the, the critics that came out for him after the tournament, that he hasn't really been on top form for about a year and a half, two years now. Like since that first cup, the first two years at PSG, and and like his last, obviously his first like breakthrough year at Monaco were like unbelievable. Yeah. Is it like this is this is what we're going to ask? Just in terms of like heart, so you, these players break through really young. They look, oh my god, they're unbelievable. We're so used to the the longevity of Messi, Ronaldo that we kind of expect this to last for for ever. And then really, actually, you, you have sort of two three years at the, at the explosive best, and then you kind of tail off like. You know, like Ronaldinho only had two or three years at his very absolute top. Um, yeah. So, is there a is there a, a chance of Mbappe doing? I mean, not dropping off or anything ridiculous like that. He's what twenty two or something, or uh, not even that. Um, but is there is there a feeling that because that he might not be able to get back to the heights he set before? I think he's he just needs that motivation. He seems like he's lost that motivation and that spark. Really, that obviously still plays exceptionally well, but just just seems like that ferocity and that hunger and that desire isn't isn't there anymore because he had he seemed like he had a point to prove. Whereas now he's got he's got to that point where he's like, oh, I'm at PSG, the, like one of the most dominant teams in the French league for so many years. Now what? Yeah, you've won the league, you've won the World Cup. I suppose he's not won the Champions League, but. You know, mm. yeah. I, just I mean, think, this, this I, I is think, your think... point, Ro, about PSG. Like being, you go there, and it's just it's just the culture kind of exists as this kind of vacuum mm. of motivation and inspiration and stuff because of the league and the. Yeah, and, it's, it's not really that much of a challenge. It's like I don't know. I just think he needs he needs a change of scenery. It'd be good to see him somewhere else. Apparently, I don't know how true it is, but I saw somewhere online today saying that um, Operation Exit for Real Madrid with Bale, Isco, Marcelo and somebody else all going to yeah. make room for um, like wage-wise and all that financial stuff. Mm. Which, you know, seems all right, but at the same time, who's who else have they got, you know, playing alongside and backing them up? Like they've got some youngsters coming through again or not. PSG, no, um, Real, Real, Real Madrid, yeah. Um, I they're in this well, not quite as bad a position as Barca, but yeah, the, the financial situation there it, it kind of feels like they'd have to get rid of all those players you mentioned before in order to finance it. Because, but it, it, they get Real Madrid and Barcelona are kind of weird with this with their targets, they, they get really principled about their transfer targets. They're like, We're getting him, I don't care if it bankrupts us, we, we're gonna get this guy because it's a statement or whatever. And Mbappe seems to be that one for. Madrid. I know Liverpool have been linked with him, but Liverpool yeah. don't seem to have much money at the moment either. So it's a it's a strange. No, I think they've they was kind of scrambling work there with the old uh, defender situation last season, and also yeah. the, with it, with some of the injuries that they've got being quite long term. I can imagine that eating up a lot of money. Um, going can we back speak to... about Jordan Pickford? Can we speak about him? We can, if you want to speak about him. What would you like I to speak about? I think he's fantastic. Him? I think he really silenced all of his critics going into this tournament. Yeah, he 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 was yes thing, no. he was yes like no. ever, but he was everyone's like question. Everyone was thinking if it, apart from Carl Walker, if there's a mistake coming from anyone, it's Pickford. Like, but you're right. I think he had a he had a strong tournament. He did. To be fair to him, Golden Glove. I think personally because of the defense being quite solid as well, it made him feel a lot more relaxed. 
He still there was the Germany game was the real uh, start of where there was glimpses of him going back into that flappy stage where he went to clear the ball and mm. almost completely missed it. He scuffed it and got lucky. Um, but as soon as that happened, I thought, oh God, here we go. Mm. There was there was a couple of times against Ukraine as well, both again for him and Walker, where they where they where they made like big like possession errors, like giving away possession in the wrong places, like right on the edge of our box. But it was like when we were three and four nil up. I remember thinking at the time, like, this is a good time to get those mistakes out of the way at any point in an incident, like literally when is the only time it literally doesn't count. Um but yes, yeah. I don't think we were ever really punished for a uh, defensive mistake, though, were we? <clears throat> no, it feels it feels weird, doesn't it? The more I look back at some of the um the highlights of the final, and I try not to look at them, but <laughs> when I look more specifically at the fouls within the game or potential fouls within the game, I feel like, and this might just be me being a bit, you know, still a bit sour about the old defeat, but there was quite a lot of times in which the Italian players physically bullied our players and didn't Le- get any kind in of, your eyes or... or- a bit of both, like in my eyes, I feel like, like the whole that the Saka thing with Chiellini, yeah. The mean, yeah, I, I don't think that's a red card, okay. But if you grab his neck, I think, him Chiellini, back, I, I think Chiellini should have had a yellow before that, anyway. Well, yeah, yeah, I just so he shouldn't have been in a position to make that foul. Like I said, I don't, it's, it's a fine line, but it's like it's, it's last minute. Chiellini's like this, but I mean, world renowned top, top defender, and he's literally yanking the collar off a child. Yeah. And he just, you know, last minute of um, normal time, he knows what he's doing. It's just kind of like fair play to him, but at the same time, I just thought... I would would like to see a different, a a rule come in for cynical fouls, you know, like ones like that, where it's literally just, there's, there's unquestionably no attempt to play the ball. Like, should be yellow potentially five minutes Simbin or something. Yeah, yeah, I'd I'd like to see Simbin or or like even I mean because I was thinking before about potentially having some sort of rule where you keep everybody in the same position as they were in the moment of the foul, but I mean that would be too difficult. So maybe yeah, I think the Simbin's probably the best shout. Like because if it was if if it was a ten minute Simbin, he would he would seriously think twice about about pulling him back. Oh, definitely, especially especially in that that, the last five minutes of that game, we seem to have just woke up again. Um, yeah, no, I just, I just feel like a lot of challenges. The Italians are very hard and very rough, and fair play to them because then I think then that's getting into the heads of the the English players, and it's it's obviously going to make them not want to to get battered and bruised as much. Um, Who tackled Jack Grealish and stood on his leg? Jorginho. Jorginho. Yeah, I thought that was a red. I thought that one was a red. Yeah, I I I watched it back this morning actually, and and for mm. the first time, and and yeah, I mean. I don't. I don't think he's he's he's, he's reckless, and and I think yeah, in, in twenty twenty one, that's probably a red, isn't it? Which way? I mean, um, who was it? Ethan Ampadu uh, for Wales. Yeah, mm. he got sent off for a challenge like that. Yeah. Even <clears throat> less of a like, even less of a challenge, where he's just slightly gone over the ball. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't he did sent off for that exact thing, but just because it's in a final, yeah. like, it, it don't matter. I mean, his entire foot. Studs and all, stood on his thigh. 
Yeah. Because he was play, playing recklessly. How is that? <sighs> I mean, you can't change what's happened, but <clears throat> and maybe it wouldn't have no. even made a difference. But you know, I just like I said, I just think that we we got bullied by the Italians, and I feel like the the refereeing in that game could have been a bit more. I'd say I'd say a bit more strict or a bit more stern. I felt like the Italians knew what they could get away with. I think I feel like the referee was too cautious as, as to to keep the game playing and keep the game going because it would it be in the final. Um, yeah, which, that, I've heard people say before, like that the refs are terrified of of. It's probably easier now with VAR, but but they're terrified of sending people off in finals because they know that they'll become the story and blah blah blah. So yeah. Well, that's um, that's the thing, though. They yeah, should, let, let, they should let, be terrified. That's responsibility. Literally, let tomorrow's fucking newspaper headlines dictate your job. No, no, exactly. It's, it's, it's not. It shouldn't be that way. But but of course, it's. I, I guess it's a bit like the whole. Um, you know, you know when like we 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 say we question why England players historically are so bad at penalties. And I know it's not been so bad this time, but usually, historically, the reaction to England players missing penalties has been like, you're a pariah, you've let the nation down and blah, blah, blah. And then we turn around and we go, well, hang on, why, why are you so bad? Why are you so nervous when you're taking penalties? Like, maybe we just need to stop focusing on, like, the, you know, I say as a member of the media, like, we should stop focusing on, on the refs when things like this go wrong. And I guess VAR makes it easier for that, but you can't blame them in it. As much as it is unprofessional, you, you can't blame them for thinking, if I, if I give this and it's not absolutely correct, I'm getting the death threats and I'm getting all this and stuff. So, mm. you know, it's difficult. And don't do the job then. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. What? Do you, so, go on. We, we mentioned this briefly before we came on air. What was the um, verdict on the Sterling penalty against Denmark then? It's, it's a penalty. And anyone who says otherwise, there is a video circling around where it shows both points of contact. Um where the players are not getting the ball, they've got him. So, yeah, it's about it. Ash? I, mean, I, I said on a on a previous podcast that uh, I, don't, I don't see this as like diving, like feeling contact and going down isn't diving. Mm. Uh, so everyone's saying that Stoning's diving, I don't think it is. And I think it's definitely a penalty. I, I think it's a soft penalty and I think Sterling's been a bit clever with it, but it's still definitely a penalty. Hundred percent. Yes. So, so I, I was a little, I was a bit, I was a bit torn with it because I, I found it again. I mentioned to you guys before. I found it so funny how divisive this penalty was. Like everyone was losing their minds online, and and everyone was kind of like, you know, it's obviously this, and it, and then no, it's obviously the opposite. And and I remember just thinking, like, guys, this ha- this happens all the time. <laughs> this this literally football every every weekend. This this stuff happens. This isn't a crazy thing. I think people were using the people who didn't like England were using it for that, and the people who liked England were using it for the for the other way. But I, I, I'm sort of yeah, as you said, Ash. We've talked about this before. I, I'm kind of on in the opposite spectrum, on the opposite side of the spectrum to you. There, I, I am a bit of a purist, and I do think that a foul is is should be a foul, not 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 something that forces you to ground. Not not always, not in all circumstances, but like I just think that. Of, like if if you say that contact in of itself, no matter how small, constitute gives you gives you the right to to dive, and that's what you are doing. You are going to ground because you know I know that sometimes when you 
field contact, it, it is a foul, even if it doesn't take you down. But if we're saying that any contact whatsoever gives any gives a player the, the license to go down, that's dangerous territory because you're literally saying it's a non. That's literally saying it's a non-contact sport. Then, yeah, that, but I mean, that's the trouble I have with it. But the way the way I'd look at that, we're is, going in that direction. Yeah. The way I'd look at it is, yes, there's a little bit of contact, yeah, and yes, he's gone down. One, he has to go down because otherwise the referee's not going to give it. So it's clever. But if if the player's leg wasn't there making contact with his, he would not be hindering Sterling in any way. So Sterling would still be free to run. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I mean. Like him, his leg being there is hindering Sterling's movement, even if it's not knocked him off balance or knocked him to the floor. He's still hindering his movement and not allowing him to go somewhere. But my, because my, his leg's there. My my trouble is because I agree I agree with you there, and, and obviously it's it's it is his the the fact that he's in possession is being hindered by the by the positions of those Denmark players and the fact that they've touched him. But I I do think that if if in front of him was an open goal, i.e. I don't mean so the keeper's not there, say, i.e. a better chance than a penalty. He will do he will do what he can to stay on his feet. And the example I'll give you is Sergio Aguero's goal against QPR. Yeah. Well, you'll know this well. Yeah. Someone comes flying in on on him and, and, and completely makes full contact with his ankle. And he stays up. Why? Because he because he has because because he's decided in that moment it's not worth the risk because this is for the title. And I, that's that's the issue I have in the right circumstances. I don't care. Like even if you do get some contact, you we I think we should be urging players to stay on your feet at, as as long as long as you you know as long as you can as long as it's not completely like you know completely throwing you off balance and obviously wrecking the the part of the move. But because does, in the does that just further show that Sterling's decision making was fantastic and he was just smart with it? Well, it, it shows that he made the right decision for England, yeah. But but like, whether I'd, you... I'd rather him go down than try and prove something and stay up and miss. No, of course, but of course, from a fan perspective, that's what we yearn for. But I think this is the problem because now we get in a sticky situation where that happens in an Arsenal Tottenham game, and Lacazette does the same thing, and you're and you might say, well, that's a dive or something. So, we, and you probably, and knowing you, you probably admit like, oh, he's, he's been clever there, but like. When the shoe's on the other foot, it, it always feels a bit like... Oh, I'd be annoyed about it. Yeah. I, I would hold up to the, the fact that he's yeah. probably, you know, but... And for the record, I, I mean, I don't I don't think... I don't think it was like a... I, I think St- the way I see it, Sterling did dive, but this is not something that's mad in football. This happens all the time. Yeah, but diving in simulation, which is not allowed. I know, but this, the, the line is, is, is blurred. The, the rules are not clear on that i mean people people dive people dive all people there's dives there's 40 30 40 dives a game like people dive all the time in the middle of the park it doesn't really matter it's only when it's in the box that people get people get all you know hot-headed about it and and stuff but look look harry game winning free kicks just all over the pitch exactly yeah he needs to it's clever Mm. i like i like that aspect of it i like the fact that you can be clever and do things well (laughs) Dark I have to be pushing through the. I'm forcing my way through nine defenders here just to score so, a goal. So, no, so I what, felt a dig in my back. So, what did you think of Chiellini's pull on Saka then? Chiellini's pull on Saka was something that he needed to do uh, because he's not going to catch him. 
It was fucking awful. <laughs> and I, I, I think it's worse than Sterling's dive a hundred times. Yeah, yeah, but he's but he's being clever. He's doing what he needs to do. Like he's he's read the situation and he's realised. Yeah, but you know, the, the thing Sterling's doing isn't illegal in terms of the rules. Well, I, I, I if if you ride the rules well, then it's okay. But but again, but I, I, pulling, I don't think it the, is clear. I don't pulling another think... player back by his shirt is a foul. Sterling, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I agree with you. Contact and going down is a but there's, there's nothing in the rules that says if you feel contact, it, it's a foul. Like th- there's rules against simulation, but the but the rule is not clear enough on where the line is between dive and fa- and actually going down because you've been fouled. Like I take your point; it's not quite the exact same because literally Chiellini has, you know, just straight up done something. I will say though, I'm not against rules, like but... tactical fouls. Yeah, but but a tactical foul like that against my team feels a bit <laughs> shit. But I mean, say, like, was it the Valverde one for Real Madrid? Um, Where, um what was it against Atletico? Um, like some threw one goal in the I think Copa del Rey final or Copa del Rey. Oh final. yeah, 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 and he hacked him down. <laughs> he just hacked him down. He's so shining. Took, took, took the red card, and then they won. Like, <laughs> Yeah, and then they won. It's like, mate, you're oh. absolute hero because it's pulled, it's come off. And it's, yeah. you know, I'm not against a tactical foul because it shows mm. you care. But it's just, it, it felt, it felt dirty because it's against my team. And yeah, this, this, again. this is where it gets interesting because, like Roy, you, you, Roy Keane would always say, doing what Valverde did is absolutely spot, and you got to do what you, you got to do what you can to make your team win. But then others would go. I mean that's just so against the spirit of the game. Even if even if it is technically, you know, fine, you just get a red card and you move on. But like, you know, at what point do we? Say I guess it feels hollow like, because we didn't get the red card. You know what I mean? I feel like that. It, it's yeah. If that happens like 10, 15 yards further up the pitch, then the likelihood that it would be. Yeah. Yeah. So, like it, even like the Luis Suarez handball thing, like yeah. I, I guess if you're, I guess the thing is, if you're willing to do something along those lines to win, you're willing to take, you know, the punishment for it. And when that adequate punishment isn't necessarily dished out, then it feels a bit hollow. But it probably it, where it was on the pitch probably was a yellow. Mm. It did also touch Saka's arm, so it probably would have been given for handball. So oh, yeah. that's why I wasn't too angry in the moment, but it was just so cynical. I was, um, <laughs> you know, you know when the when Saka misses penalty, did, I swear that was the first time in the tournament that they had a penalty shooter, and, they, and the the refs didn't say, "Hang on, wait, we got to check the VAR <clears> thing." I really don't want that to become the future of penalty shootouts if they're literally like because they don't do it after just one or two penalties. No. No, but they kind of go like, "Don't celebrate yet." Like that—that that epitomizes why VAR is crap, <laughs> because it's literally taking away the the thrill of the winning penalty and kind of going, "Hang on." Ah, oh. yeah, he's off his line. Take it again. Oh, and it's saved. And like, I, 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 particularly with that, the whole coming off your line thing. Like, I understand there needs to be a rule in place, but they don't need to be so anal about it. I mean, the keepers have got enough difficulty trying to mm-hmm. save these things. Like, if okay, they. They take if they. I think they should be lenient with it. If he's slightly off his line, it's fine. If he's obviously, I don't a, know, fifty percent of their penalties were saved, <laughs> so, or missed. 
Yeah. But like, you know, the penalties weren't in the you know the penalties weren't in the corner or, or, whatever, or whatever you want to say. But I don't think if Donnarumma, Donnarumma is a big lad, but it, you know if he's if he's a step further forward, it, I don't he's not getting anywhere near Maguire's penalty. Like that was literally oh. in the top corner. Like I don't care how it, unless he's standing right next to him, he's not. God, he's Harry Kane's was good though, wasn't it? Why? What's? Why is he not? Why is Kane not hitting him high anymore? He doesn't need to, does he? He used to always go like. Nah, he mixes oh, it up, yeah. doesn't he? He chooses. It's like he'll choose his spot when he knows he's going to take one. He'll oh, just yeah. choose his spot, and he'll always just sit it there. And it's completely random, I think. Mm. Um, did you did you see Rashford's apology for his penalty? Don't need to apologise. No, I don't. Yeah, he was. He was. I think like he was sort of. Really, you know, he's just kind of really. You could tell he's really feeling feeling down about it, but he was kind of going on about like, oh, it was you know, I take penalties every day of my life, and I don't understand why this one didn't work. And it's very easy to overanalyze these things. I mean, mate, you, you took a penalty, you, you didn't score it. Like, like Ro, I know I you. Were say, like, though, I remember when we were talking about penalties on the podcast, and I said, regardless of anything, yeah, always hit target. Yeah, because yeah. there is that chance it will oh, go in. What was the, we had a conversation about this, didn't we? Something. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I think I can't remember. Maybe Dave I said I would rather side. them take a terrible penalty, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and get it on target than try something like in a top corner and miss. But like, but like, because there's always the chance it will go in. But Harry, but Harry, Mag- Harry if, Maguire. If he'd done that, it would have gone in. But Harry Maguire took a risk by by smashing it top corner. He could have easily missed the target if it was just a millimeter up tra- 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 trajectory. And I'll be saying wise. the same about him. But it, but maybe, but maybe, but what if Saka and Sancho had had attempted to go for the corner? They they played it safe, and because of that, is an easy save. Like surely these things don't work as well as or hit the target, and you and you yeah. and you have a better chance of scoring. Like if Saka and if Saka and 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 Sancho attempted what Maguire attempted, or even Kane. Then, then they they would have had a much better chance of getting it past Donnarumma. They went for safe penalties that weren't in the corner. Mm. I think they should have taken them anyway. To be honest, I mean, you could see that. Yeah, no, I'm I'm quite I'm, I'm quite flabbergasted as, as to why. Um... I think that Rashford and Sancho came on too late because obviously you want well, they came on for you the want, pens, didn't they? Yeah, they came oh, on for the pens, were. but I think you want them on it. You don't want them taking penalties with cold bugs. Not with that, obviously. They know that they've been put on there for the penalty, so it's like, yeah, it's a, it's a lot need of pressure, to, isn't it? Yeah, they know that straight away their job is to score from the penalty. So within them two minutes, they need to get get into the game, get themselves warmed up, and somehow get get their eye on goal or get you know their eye in. Mm. But they didn't obviously have that. So like the, their, think... their first shot on target was from a penalty spot. And I was a bit like, the more I look back at it, I think they should have been on a little bit earlier just to get yeah. a feel for the game more. So it I did help. I think help really should have come on earlier as well. I think really should have come on at the start of extra time. Yeah. I mean, or even early. Yeah. And I mean, I think he should have taken a penalty as well because there's literally a clip. I was watching it when they were talking. Said, like... Yeah, he said he, he said he wanted one because Roy Keane slagged him off. And yeah, no, so I've seen, I've seen the video. Like, I said it when I was watching it live. He was saying, mm, yeah. "Yes, I want one. I will take one." And then he's giving it to nineteen-year-old Saka. I don't know if he's trying to kind of like re- redeem, like some some kind of redemption for himself <laughs> in in, in <laughs> the, like giving. Like he knows how bad really it felt mean. to miss the penalty. So now imagine how good it must feel for someone of that age to yeah. score it. I, I, I don't know if he's gone with that. 
But he's not the best penalty taker. I do think again, as I said before, we can we can overanalyze this. Like he said, he said they've been taking them the best in training. It, it reminds me, you know, when Harry Kane was taking the corners in Euro twenty sixteen. Yeah, and there was a couple of bad ones, and everyone was like, "Why is he taking the?" Co-? I'm like, "Look, I'm guessing there's a logic. I'm guessing he's doing it in training, and they're pretty good. Like, like I, I, what I don't think is that is that um, Hodgson turned up at that tournament, and 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 right before kickoff, he's gone. Kane, you can take him. Whatever, I don't care. There's obviously some thought behind it, and like with the with the Saka thing, like there's no way Saka gets put on number five unless there's a, some sort of logic behind it. And yeah, it's Southgate. I mean, you know, we we can say, oh. It's crazy for him to be number five and blah blah blah. But he could have been—he could have smashed twenty in the top corner in training the night before. And Southgate yeah. goes, "Right, we want him." Do you know what I mean? I, I agree with you. Though. I mean, if it was my personal preference, like, you know, I, I'd go for the—I I wouldn't care about—I wouldn't care about people with technique. I would just care about people with like attitude and bottle. Which is why I think even when Maguire was stepping up, I was like, "Yeah, he's—he seems like the kind of guy who would even if he—even if his technique is shit, he'll—he'll he'll do something well." Grealish, same sort of thing. I feel like he wouldn't wouldn't be sort of shy shy with it. But other than that, you know, it's a lottery, isn't it? It's penalties. We know it. We've known it, we've known it for bleeding years. Mm. I'll uh, put something. Well, I say I'll put something slightly controversial to you. It's not necessarily really what I believe, but just to kind of throw something out there, slightly devil's advocate style. Um, I think I can't remember whether I mentioned this to you guys or, or whether I didn't, but. I said before the tournament that, or possibly even at the start, that Southgate is yet to have his like, um, you know, uh, noteworthy win as an England manager. Obviously, he got to the semi-final of the World Cup, and that was that was great. But we didn't really beat anyone that great on the way. We beat Colombia on pens, uh, you know, Sweden in the quarters, and the, the group was the group was easy. Um, and I think obviously that the, the Germany win was the big one historically and stuff, but I think in some ways, as much as you can't take anything away from away from that win, and obviously the way that the the pragmatic way in which in which we kind of set up and stuff, but given that that game could have gone either way, really, Germany are probably the worst they've been in in a in a lot in a long time. As much as that was a fantastic Not win, bad though. No, no. I, again, I don't want to be. I don't want to be like. Oh, I'm, I'm picking things out to be negative for a reason. I'm just sort of thinking about it. Like, this is probably the only time since when we beat in five one that beating Germany has has really been a kind of not in no way expected, but not in any way like wow, we beat Germany. I think in some ways it was kind of very even. If not, we were slightly stronger looking at looking at the squads going into it. So with that in mind, the fact that. I think in in both in the cases in both tournaments, Italy and Croatia are the, are the two, two teams that that have turned up against us. Who, on paper, we possibly you know could beat, but in in practice play better than us. And I think in some ways, my point being here, could this could this tournament in a kind of weird way be seen as a disappointment for for England and for Southgate? Just just obviously we, we got we got far. But a lot of it had to do with the draw. Like we, we didn't. We, Germany is the hardest team we played, and they weren't that strong. Like I, I know there wasn't a great team in this tournament, but like I just wonder how well we would have done against France, how well we would have done against Spain, how well we would have done against Belgium. Even though I don't think, but even though all, even all those three teams didn't look particularly strong. I, you mm. know, pure speculation, but I thought I'd throw it out there. 
I feel like the fact that we didn't actually have to play any of those teams was smart management <laughs> and smart game management by Gareth Southgate. You can see the draw. I think when you've got to look at the draw, like, come on, Greece have won it, Portugal won it last time, and Portugal didn't have a very memorable tournament at all. No. They just kind of appeared in the final. Everyone was like, Portugal yeah, they, won't they win it. They didn't win a game until the semis. Yeah, it was like... Mm. <laughs> Whereas, you know, we, we were undefeated... All the way up, we you know barely conceded to the semi. Hey, barely conceded. They didn't concede to the semi, and it was it was from a direct, absolutely wonderful free kick. Which actually no, that happened. I think that Pickford should have saved. That was that was my one thing against Pickford. It it shouldn't have happened that free kick because as they were running up to uh, take it, the Danish wall was within one meter of the English. Yeah, I saw that as well, and 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 then was blocking Pickford's view. So he's seen that right at the last second that he could have done. So he's had to react quick, and I think the fact that he got a fingertip on it was fantastic. Come on, you guys, it's not it's not in the corner. You can't. You got to save it. Surely, yeah, but he couldn't see it. Exactly, yeah, but, but we didn't, we didn't, we didn't forgive Joe Hart in tw- Euro 2016 when he couldn't. I don't think see anyone's forgiven Joe kick. Hart because that was like fucking 50 yards out. Yeah, yeah, but he still didn't see it. He still didn't see it until late. Like you can make. I, I, look, I'm not. I I agree with you about Pickford. I think he really impressed. But I just think that I think I think you should, I think you got to save a free kick. I don't care how late. If you're seeing it late, then because I agree, Rose right. The, the the wall was illegal. The Danish wall was illegal. Yeah. Um. But nevertheless, like. I think if you know where the you know where the flight of the ball is likely to be heading, and unless it's in the if it's in the corner, you go hands up. Fair enough. I'm not getting to that. But if it's not in the corner, you want to save it. But but yeah, do do you guys think? What do you guys think about the Southgate thing or the England thing rather? Oh, I think it's been a very successful tournament. I yeah. think obviously we did beat Germany, we did beat Denmark, who were one of the better teams in the entire tournament. Yeah, you know Ukraine. Easy game, fair enough. We beat them for, so, and then we beat them four 0 But we, so, I mean, we didn't. We didn't. We got an easy game lined up. We smashed them four 0 did, no did we dominate a single game? The Ukraine game. <laughs> oh yeah, the nil. Ukraine game. But yeah, okay, the Ukraine game. But even like in the group, like like Czech Republic. Even in the Scotland, group, right, we, I kept saying, like, up until up until we conceded against Denmark, and maybe the Thomas Muller thing, I did not feel that we were at risk of conceding a goal. Like, I did that, not. That, and that's that's I think the big takeaway from this tournament is the fact that and going into the tournament it was England's biggest like it was England's Achilles heel wasn't it the defense is rubbish blah 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 so so I, I don't want to appear too negative about Southgate or England like that is that you're absolutely right that was a huge success the way that we were just transformed ourselves into this kind of like you know solid unit which is arguably the best way to win international tournaments. But I just wonder, just given like, so we, we, we've now come off the back of, of two of two tournaments. We got to the final and the semi-final. I still don't feel as if we've got there because we're this great team yet. I think we've got really good players and I think we've, we've plugged gaps in, in, in the squad or filled, you know, solved problems in the squad that, that, you know, are difficult to solve. But I think I think the the biggest benefit for England in these last two tournaments has been the draw. We've got two very lucky draws. Was that was the draw in the World Cup lucky though? Yeah. Because some would say that Southgate played a weakened team in the dead rubber against Belgium in order to lose the game and get the easier draw. 
yeah but like germany got knocked out you can't predict that and and all this sort of stuff i, I don't know uh, i don't know i mean so i and I certainly don't believe that he would ever go just as he did with the with the Czech Republic game in the last game. I don't believe he's ever going out there to that. That was the other thing as well in the twenty eight yeah, eighteen World Cup. We got on the easier side of the draw if we won the group. It's just we had to play Germany. But but, but we had the exact same thing in this. If we we didn't want to play, we didn't want to finish first because then we were going to play either France, Germany, or or Portugal. That was yeah. It. But then we'd be on the other side of the draw if we did beat that team. I know, but but like nevertheless, you've got. A, I don't think that any manager ever sets his team out to lose, and and that was the other thing with it because we lost to Belgium twice in the in the World Cup, in the third and fourth play, playoff as well, and it's heralded as this brilliant tournament. And you know, I'm not trying to be just the ne- the, the negative Nancy, but like, yeah, I just I just have I just have my sort of doubts that if if we go into the World Cup. I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't. International football seems quite weak at the moment. So you know, we could well win it. But like, if we go into the tournament thinking right, semi-final, final, I, I just fear that if we lo- if we lose in the second round after coming up against a good team and think, wow, we've really gone downhill. I'm a bit like saying, well, hang on, like, are we really a World Cup semi-final, European Championship final team yet? I don't know. I think the one thing, the one thing, regards to the draw, because again, um. There's been teams in the past that have had easier draws. Um, yeah. I think the biggest uh, advantage that we had was the fact that we barely travelled. Yeah, yeah, and, and we played in front of a home crowd every game. Pretty much, <laughs> yeah. the easiest one we had. That's the other thing as well. Like, you know, it was great. Like, I was, we went to Croatia game and it was, it was fantastic. But, like, and look, host, they are hosts at every tournament. So it's not like, oh, it's really unfair. Like, sod it posts happened but like that was the other thing wasn't it we just we did have 60,000 fans at every game and opposition had 2% of that mm. yeah so it, it kind of gave me that feeling when we went out of well if we couldn't do it now mm. with, with with this fantastic team in, at Wembley in front of everyone having not yeah. travelled when will it happen if not now yeah, it, it, it'll be interesting to see what the, what the reaction is because, yeah, you, you don't get many opportunities in international football. But I, I, I would look to the World Cup because, again, I mean, I don't, know, I don't know if you guys saw the Copa America um, final, Brazil versus Argentina. So snippets. Um, they're, they're both they're weak teams. Like, yeah. They're the weakest they've been for a while. Um, and, like, in Europe... The Celso played well. Yeah, the Celso played very well, yeah. yeah. And But, like, you know, they've still got, like, you know, like Di Maria's, like, Argentina's most dangerous player when Messi hasn't got the ball. Um, you know, in that, in like, yeah, and, and Brazil the same. They they're just a sh- the shell of of their you know team that hosted the World Cup. Even that wasn't a great team, anyway. But like in 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 England uh, in England in Europe as well, you've got a few teams that Spain and Germany are not what, are not what they were. Belgium's um, called generation. Yeah, Belgium, Belgium. Are, that's it for Belgium, really, isn't it? Probably. Yeah, this is the thing. A lot of people had Belgium, but I just still when I look through the squad, I just thought. De Bruyne, Lukaku. Yeah, and then... Yeah. And that was it, really. Everybody else, I wasn't blown away by. I thought, paper by... Play, play by... Play, on, like, France had a better team. Even Germany had a better team than Belgium, I felt. Yeah. Italy had a better team. I think we had a better team. I think even Spain had a better team, despite the fact that they had a lot of youngsters coming through. I just felt like Belgium just weren't... There was such a pick-and-mix of a team. It was so disjointed. I don't know how people had them down as... 
favourites or potential favourites because I just couldn't see couldn't see him playing a decent f- way of football. Yeah, they had. The, I just got that. Yeah, I um, I remember when we were doing our dark horse predictions on the last podcast we did. Oh yeah, I said Denmark. Said Denmark. Well, <laughs> semi finals, mate. Uh, I call that a loser. Call I call that a dark horse. <laughs> Uh, who did I say? I, th- I think I said Germany, so that, that goes to show how much I know. I think I said uh, Netherlands. Netherlands, yeah. That they, I got the same impression with Netherlands as you've just described with, yeah. with Belgium. Like, when when yeah. I looked at their team, I was like, I'm sorry, Memphis Depay. <laughs> Memphis Depay is all they have. I mean, I know they have like Frankie well, they should Jean. be a million times better. They've got Frankie de Jong, they've got uh, Matthias de Ligt. They've got quite a few youngsters coming through as well, but I just thought, I don't know, I just thought maybe this might be the tournament that helps them get back on track. I don't know. I thought it might have been an Italy-Netherlands final. At least I was 50% mm. right. Mm. Um, I always thought yeah, it was coming wrong. If, 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 if all of our players that, that are coming through blossom in, you know, into the into really good really good players, you know, Foden, Mount, even, I mean, Grealish is 25, he's kind of already there, isn't he? Um, yeah, but even still, this is, for some of them, this is their first major tournament. And, you know, not only that, <clears throat> with Southgate, it's his second major tournament, and he's actually, you know, he's got these loyalties, and he's got these players that he can rely on, and he's, you know, he's, that's not something I don't think we've had with previous managers. No. That and... connection and that experience, but also... That loyalty with with particular players and I don't know instilling a kind of atmosphere and um, like and expectations and standards. Yeah, it definitely feels, you know, there's a good vibe around around it. And look, I, I, as I said, I think if if we could well have one of the strongest squads going into the um, going into the World Cup, and I think the the biggest benefit for England really, and it's a shame it didn't work on on Sunday, is like. We may not necessarily have the best eleven in the um, in the tournament, but I think we've probably got the best depth. Yeah. Just in terms of like, I don't like. There's very. I mean, you know, like, look, the the the, not like all these players are world beaters necessarily or world beaters yet, but like to bring like Grealish and Foden and and you know Saka and Sancho and and not even use half of the other players you've got off the bench is is mad. So, um, so yeah. We'll see how it goes. I, I've got a prediction that um, you know how every international tournament there's like a team that um, does well, and then their players get talked up as like, "Oh, aren't they fantastic?" And then actually they turn out to be just bloody average. Like um, El Hadjouf and all the Senegalese players after 2002, or like Milan Barros and people 2004. Like Andre Arshavin went to Arsenal after, and Pavlyuchenko went to Tottenham 2008. I think Italy's going to be the team. I think that like people are going about on about Locatelli's going to Loc- flop. Locatelli and and Spinazzola and like you know Barella and I just, it's, it's screams of you know people are just getting excited because they've they've had a good international tournament. Do you not think Denmark as well though? Yeah, Denmark. Yeah, yeah, Denmark to an extent. Yeah, I mean, I think Damsgaard will get snapped up and then he'll do yeah. nothing. Fabio's fantastic. Like I said, he is. Always tell people. He'll get. I always tell people how good he is. Always. He got in team of the the tournament. I see. You are. You got in team of the tournament. Yeah, exactly. I I think he's fantastic. He was fantastic all last season. Fantastic at the tournament. I was convinced Simon Kerr was going to get in, but just out of you know heroism reasons. 
but no, they they yeah. they went for Maguire and uh, someone else. Chiellini, yeah, maybe Chiellini or Benucci or something. Well, I'll tell you one thing. You all laughed at me. Y'all laughed at me when we did our Euro teams, and I said Calvin Phillips. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I, I, I said Calvin Phillips, you, and you, you went. Nah. We, did, we, I don't know if we laughed at you. I think we said interesting shout, you did, Mr. You did. Mr. Rowe. You did. You laughed. I a said dream. him. And, oh, I think I said yeah, Rowe. I've got him as well. I said him and James Ward Prowse. Yeah, you, if it was, yeah, that's who we needed. That's who we needed on the pens. Just saying, Southgate. If you're listening, I'll take I'll take a meal um, in Manchester. Obviously, you'll pay. Um, <laughs> And we'll you know we'll discuss um, discuss where the f- what the future holds. Yeah, we'll discuss what the future holds, but also my role within England. Yeah, you could be the next Steve Holland. Thank you very much for joining us. Feel free to give us a subscribe if you haven't already, and also feel free to follow us on social media. We're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, both handles at Edge of the Box Pod. We'll see you again next week. Bye bye.